Hey, you're listening to Chew On That. Here's what we're chewing on today. Postcards aren't designed for privacy. Because of their size, they really weren't designed for substance. They're designed to be snippets, snapshots. But yet the Bible has these five postcards that refute that. Small in size, but substantial in content. I want to continue our series today by talking about one of those in a message we're calling a postcard to Philemon. Hey, hi, welcome to Chew On That. You're joining us for a podcast where we dig deeper into the most recent sermon from the current sermon series happening at Life Church in Green Bay, and that is the Postcards from Heaven series. And today we're talking about a letter to Philemon. My name is Scott Eastman. I'm the downtown pastor for Life Church. And joining me today is my very good friend, Brian Grusey. Hi, say hi, Brian. Hi. I'm glad that you're here. Yes, thanks. Thanks hey, I bet me. a lot of people will probably recognize you, both from Life Church and from the Exchange, but they may not know that you're Brian Grusey. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, thanks again for for having me. Um, my name is Brian. I am married uh, and have three kids. Uh, wife Nancy, who works out here at uh, Life Church, uh, but for myself, I work out at the Exchange uh, Coffee House over in De Pere. Uh, like I said, three kids, twelve, eight. And six, mm. I think, I think six, yeah. it, you know, it's hard to keep track when you it have, is. you know, different ages going on. Um, yeah, I, I've always, uh, loved people and, and getting out kind of in the public and, and working, uh, with coffee. So mm. co- coffee shop and church is, uh, probably where you know me from. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Hey, tell me, are you from Green Bay originally? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, grew up in Green Bay, lived here probably till eight. From the east side, east side east represent. Side, that's right. You know, it's a it's a big thing here. Yep. East side, west side, all the so, way over to the west side. That's Who does right. That? Yeah, uh, Nancy. <laughs> Nancy's from the west side, so there you go. Um, yeah, li- lived here till eighteen. Moved to Stevens Point uh, for probably six, seven years, and mm. then moved back here uh, once we started having kids closer to uh, family. Gotcha. Tell me about your Jesus journey. When did that start for you? Ooh, um, let's say high school. Yeah. Um, we, I, I would always, uh, me, me and a group of guys, brother included, uh, would, would go out to church to play basketball and video games. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like this big youth group, uh, kind of deal. And we, we would just go there to hang out and, you know, be teenagers. Yeah. One thing led to another family started coming to church. Mm. Friends and family started going to church. Then we we kind of realized, oh, this is more than basketball and video games. You know, yeah. um, went to youth camp, you know, like so many people do. And, uh, you know, slowly one foot in front of the other, uh, things started to make sense, connect. And, and, you know, I realized there was more that I needed that I needed to look elsewhere for, which... Mm-hmm. Was church and and God. Hmm, I love that. Huh? Yeah. What do you know about that? Yeah. So did you go to school at Stevens Point? <clears throat> uh, no, I never went to college. School is not oh, my uh, my forte. You know, it, it's yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a people kind of yeah. guy. I'm not a book kind of guy. Which, I was just which, trying to figure out like why you'd move to Stevens Point when you turned eighteen if it wasn't to go to school. Um, like, who goes to Stevens Point on purpose? Well. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> that's probably for a whole nother podcast. Uh, no, so so oddly enough, Nancy um, 
Now my wife went uh, there for school. I see. Uh, there was a church uh, that branched out and had a second. Uh, oh. Uh, what, what do campus. you call it? Yeah. So, thank you. Uh, uh, campus in Stevens Point. I had nothing else going on. I said, hmm. Let's go. I'm 18. I can do whatever I yeah. want. So uh jumped in the car and drove there and wow. started things there. Oh. Yeah. Uh worked at the church for a little bit. Tons of odd and, and jobs just to make things meet. Nancy and I, you know, one thing led to another. Engaged, married, house, dog. Kids. Kids. Yeah, I there love you that. Go. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad you're on the show today. Thank you. So we're going to jump in and listen to that first soundbite right now. Very good. Some of the soldiers that Paul had led to Jesus ended up getting right next to Nero because God has a magnificent way of pulling off his plan if we just stay out of his way. Yeah, I, I, I dig that quote because uh, I feel like I wasted like too much of my life like standing in God's way. Like mm-hmm. I would like, I thought that there was a way that my life needed to go mm-hmm. and what that needed to look like. And God would be like, oh no, we're going to go this way. No, we're not. We're going to go this way. You know? And then I'd be mad that, you know, my life wasn't panning out the way that I thought God should have it pan, excuse me, have it pan out. And yeah. so like, and I'm sure he was just like shaking his head, rubbing his eyes like I do when I'm frustrated. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, it's there. I've, I mean, we've all heard the saying of, you know, um, sometimes God will close all the doors, right? And then just leave one cracked open and and you can either wander around the house (laughs) in the dark or you can find that door and and keep following through. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so many situations, right, where you and I or whomever think, no, I, I got this figured out. I can do it. I I know, I know the path I'm supposed to go. Yeah. Nope. Nope. You, you, you look back a month, two months, five years. It's, it's never, <laughs> it's yeah. never that path. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. No. And like I, I feel like, um, like there was just, you know, when I was a kid, some of my, fa- like my favorite shows, convinced me that I needed to be in advertising. Because like Darren Stevens on Bewitched, he was in advertising. Sure. And so I was like, I want a cute wife like Samantha Stevens, <laughs> Bewitched. And right. so like I have to be in advertising to get that. And then I remember like in my 20s, I think there was a show called 30 Something. And there was these two dudes on 30 Something. They had their own advertising agency. It was really cool. It was like a really cool office space. And like, see, I need to be in advertising. All along, God's like, hey, you maybe you should try something in ministry, buddy. Like, nah, I'm going to be in advertising. Yeah. And like I tried and I kept famously, I would just keep getting fired from job after job after job. And like, and God's like, hey, what about ministry? Now nah, I'm going to try this more advertising. And then just never panned out, you know? And so uh, I feel like that's like, if you ask me what that looks like when, when, you know, God's got a way of making things happen, you know, that we're finally, he just gets our attention. And so now I'm on this new course where like, not that I don't do anything, like I still move in a direction that I feel like God's indicated to me to go, but I'm going to keep moving until he tells me I'm not supposed to go that way anymore. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes, I mean, it's a real punch in the face, Yeah. right? I mean, some, sometimes if you're not really paying attention and, and uh, you know, lo- looking for what is God doing in my life, at some point he's going to really like, you know, lay lay <laughs> yep. it down right in front of yes. you and say, hey, stop. Yeah. 
go the other way. Yeah. And and sometimes it's easy and, and subtle. Other times it's, you know, put on those brakes and, yeah. and, and really turn the other direction. Yeah, and it's 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 hard to be corrected that way. It's hard, like, you know, and sometimes, like, I think we talked about this um, last week on the podcast where I was somewhere. I feel like I have too many conversations because I don't remember where <laughs> I have them anymore. But we were talking about how, like, sometimes you have to be absolutely broken by God for him to, like, reshape what you've got going on. Like, you can't reshape something that's, you know, solid or that's, you know, rigid, right? Like, in, in order to, like, like, you can't put a bag of ice from the gas station in your cup, right? Because it's just, it's a big bag of solid ice. And for right. the only way for you to really get that ice to where you need it to be, you mm-hmm. got to like pick that up and drop it like 16 times on the garage floor. Like That's this, right. You know, body yeah. slam it yeah. 45 times. Yeah. And so, but then it's all broken into pieces that are manageable. And I feel like that's how God operated with me because I was just this rigid, solid block. I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. You got other more important things to do. Make world peace happen or something. I'll take care of this part. Yeah. And then just not. And then he dropped me on the garage floor. And now I'm in a million pieces and I fit in his cup. You know? That's that's perfect. Yeah. I've, I've got nothing to add to that because <laughs> yeah. that that that's legitimately like, that. that's perfect. I yeah. love that. <laughs> it's funny. Do you get it? As Philemon read each line, he got more and more encouraged. Paul's pointing out his strengths, which by the way, do you do that? Are you reminding the people in your life of their strengths? The last part of verse seven explains why that's important. The hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. There's stuff I want to say about this, but first, every time he ends a verse with brother, I always think of Hulk Hogan. So I always, I, could, I always hear that verse then in Hulk Hogan's verse. Always like, brother. There you go. <laughs> but like the thing about encouragement, like I feel like that's that's legit. And I feel like it's an often overlooked part of our walk as Christians to mm-hmm. be encouragers. Yeah. So often we think of, oh, that only means like if someone's mom is dying of cancer, I'm going to come alongside them and encourage them. And that's certainly true. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But so it is like just in everyday life to be an encourager. Yeah. You know, when I think about like, Brian, like your exposure to people, like you're just in front of people all day, every day, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so... And I'm sure you see some of the same people all the time. All the time, yeah. And the fact of the matter is that the exchange is somewhat famous, whether people know it or not, for the fact that it's a life-giving place, that people feel, you know, life. They feel joy. They feel, like, not in a weird, creepy way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's it's you feel good being there. Yeah. And so, so much of that has to be because of, like, who you and the rest of the staff are. Yeah. I mean, we we get comments from time to time of... uh, just the atmosphere or the vibe or, or the feeling you get when you walk into to the coffee house at the exchange. Um, a lot of it does boil down to building those connections, right? And and being intentional and um, listening, right? Um, so many of the conversations I have with people aren't even like super in-depth, but it's, it's enough that scratches the surface that over time... yeah. You begin to learn about somebody and, and learn how you can best help them or talk with them or even just connect with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that happens so often. And and that's that's part of, I think, what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. You know, uh, is have those connections and, and have those interactions with people. It's it's what I need and, and hopefully it's what other people need. Yeah. 
We've got a, a friend in common uh, um, in uh, Arnie Jacobson, and he mm. was, I think he was famous. He is famous. I didn't mean to say was like he's not alive anymore. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah, in right. Utah or someplace. Yeah, sure. Anyway, but he was. He always talked about how he had like this three minute speech or something that he would like share with people to bring him to Jesus Christ. Like mm. that was a thing. Like I'm yeah. bringing you to the Lord. Right. Right. He right. didn't have a southern accent. That's just how <laughs> I hear it. And so. Like, and I feel like there's people who are gifted in that way that could, in three minutes, bring someone to Jesus, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, like, even the, but that term gives me, like, a, like I, I get uh, stiff, mm-hmm. like, when I hear, I'm going to bring someone to the Lord. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I mean, for me, like, encountering Jesus is a much, like, and maybe that makes me weak or something, but I feel like when people encounter me, yeah. I want them to feel like they're encountering Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. so, if I can be encouraging to them, if I can be kind to them, if I can be... I think later on, Sean talks about being a refreshment, right? Yeah. A refreshing person yeah. to them. I yeah. want that, man. I yeah. can do that. Yeah. I don't know enough to bring you to the Lord, but like I for <laughs> sure can show you what I think Jesus kind of looked like. Yeah. I, it, yeah I'm i the same way. It, it's one of those, I would rather, and again, right or wrong, who, I mean, yeah. who's, who's, yeah. who's to say, I would rather play the long game. Yeah. I, I would rather... Over the course of days, weeks, months, years, show you how you can walk out your faith and how you can walk out being, you know, a Jesus guy, a Jesus girl, and and like be able to just help people along the path so that ultimately they go, hmm, what what do you got going on mm-hmm. that I can have? Yeah. You know, how how can I run my business in a way that 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 is like the exchange or like yeah. ultimately like life church, right? Yeah. yeah. How, how can we do this so that we can all move forward? Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. And, you know, I, I'm, it kind of reminds me when I was younger, I just gotten out of the Navy and um, my brother convinced me to go sell insurance with him at Prudential. And of course it wasn't really in the insurance where he made money. It was like more like an investments and stuff like that. But anyway, like I was really good at talking to people. I always have been good at talking to people. Closing people, mm, not my thing. Right? <laughs> and there was this guy, he was like the regional VP and every once in a while he came in, his name was Harry Axford. And uh, he was Harry the Axe Axford, you know, because he could just, you know, and he would like try to walk me through how to close people, mm-hmm. how to hammer people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't do oh. that. Like I'll tell them about their home and auto insurance for the next three years. And hopefully they just see what a good dude I am. Yeah. And then they'll buy life insurance or investments for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, yeah. That was like, and so like, that doesn't really work you know, in business, but I feel like it does work when, when we're talking about our neighbors, when we're talking about our friends, when we're talking about our family, when we're talking about, you know, just people at large that, you know, I don't know, we, we need to show them first. We need to bear their burdens and hear them and see them before yeah. we can just, yes. I don't know, try to put a notch in our, Bible, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe make another sale. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I feel like I'm I'm good with people and, and good with uh let's say strangers, right? Yeah. I think I would be a terrible car salesman. <laughs> I'm never gonna close that deal. I'm never no. gonna sell you a you know, sixty thousand right. dollar Cadillac. I'll sell you a four dollar cup of coffee. Yeah. But that's because it's like it's who I am. Yeah. You know, I could never, I mean, so what, what you're saying, I, I understand because I can never just check another box yeah. when it comes to talking with people. Mm-mm. Talking with people is talking 
with yep. people. Yeah. It's all about relationship to yeah. me. And yeah. so like you said, good or bad, I don't know who's going to tell. I, I just want to get up to heaven and for him to say, well done, my yep. good and faithful servant. You did what you could with what you had. So maybe Harry Axford and Arnie Jacobson, maybe they can like do this three-minute close, right? And that's yep. cool. Maybe yeah. that's what God gave them to do. Right. Yeah, exactly. He gave me, you know, the ability to have a relationship with people. And I'm, you know, I'm just going to go with that. Too many people feel like they're, they're gifted with the gift of criticism and they exercise that gift as regularly as they can. But what about having the gift of refreshment? When you leave, do people say, oh, I'm so glad he's gone? Or, or do they say, wow, I can't wait to be around her again? The difference is between criticism and refreshment. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we were talking about this last night uh, downtown, and um, a lot of people, like, I feel like a lot of people struggle with criticism. A lot of people feel like they come across as being prickly and condemning and critical. And, and like, uh, maybe it's because I just want to be friends with everybody. That's not really something that I do. Like, I'll make fun of somebody once right. we're friends. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? yeah sure. Because I think that's funny. Yeah. But, like, if I don't know you, I'm not going to be critical of you or I'm not going to, like, come out against you. Um, but I could, I mean, I definitely know what he's talking about. Like, they know people in my life that you're like, oh, I can't wait till this part's over, you know, just so I can go on. And like, some of those people are Jesus people. And you're like, what a lousy witness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I probably said that too strongly. I guess now I'm being critical. Well, but <clears throat> here, I mean, I, so, so when I heard this clip or, or when, when I heard him saying this, it, it was, um, it connected with me of, being at home, um, which is when I'm out at my job or out in public, you know, I'm, I'm kind and gentle and encouraging. And when I'm at home, I took this as I'm, I'm critical when I'm at home mm. because I look to my kids or, or I look to my family as I know what you can do. Mm. I know you can do it. And then I push a little harder. And I'm I'm realizing through this message or or even through this clip, which is maybe I need to be less critical. Maybe I need to be a little more understanding and, and you know sympathetic and encouraging in my own house. Whereas when I'm at work, I'm always hoorah-rah. I'm I'm like a really great cheerleader, you know? I'm I'm here to encourage and uplift and but I think part of that is because I don't know every last aspect of yeah. other people's lives, but I know every last detail of my kids and my wife. So then I become critical and push yeah. really hard. Yeah, I feel like there's there's a certain amount of um, two things. I was thinking about this as you were talking. There's a, an amount of ownership that we have over the people who are closest to us. Not like you know slave ownership, but just like you know I'm invested in these people. These right. people are invested in me. So I want the best, right? But then, and there's nothing wrong with that. But then the, uh, there's another part of that where because you have a relationship with them, there's like baggage that you might have. There, I talked about it as like there's like a, a ledger that I carry with me. And so I might be critical because they've been critical to me in the past and they owe me or I owe them or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so and I feel like in that way, 
I think that ties back to what you're saying is like, I shouldn't have a ledger with my family. Right. right. You know, like the guy that comes and gets coffee from you, he's not really ever wronged you. Right. You know what I mean? So there's no baggage. Of course you're going to be encouraged. Right. <laughs> right. And you don't right. really have any ownership. Like if that goes wrong, what, what do I care? Yeah. Then, <laughs> then I'll, I'll see you tomorrow <laughs> yeah. and we'll talk for another two minutes. You know, like I don't go yeah. home with, with that individual. I, right. I don't have this long standing relationship. Yeah. 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 And so I, I I feel like I need to make sure I let that go with my family. Yeah. And I feel like when I was a kid, I would always get correction from my dad and criticism from my dad, but never ever got context. And like, bless his heart, I don't think he meant to do it that way. That's just, I don't know how it was always done for him and Mm -hmm. how he did it for the five kids that came before me. And so, (laughs) but like we were talking about the pre-show, I'm a totally different kid than my brother and sisters, you know? And so like, that just doesn't work for me. And so just like flat out criticism ended up, you know, wounding me, you know, not in some kind of weird, um, Shakespearean way. Just yeah, like it right, just, right, right. you know, yeah, it was just sure. different. And so mm-hmm. like, I always want to make sure with my kids that they get context for what I'm saying. Like right. here's either what I've experienced or here's what I see is happening. And like, this is why I'm telling you, you have to stop doing this rather than and, just, you know. Yeah. And, and, and that becomes even more difficult when you have a 12 year old, an yeah. eight year old, five, six year old. I, how do you not know how old your kids are, Brian? I don't know. Finley, if you're listening, how old are you? <laughs> are you five or six? No, a bit right though. I mean, because yeah. when when you're, if you're standing in the lobby here, everybody's pretty much within the same age range. I mean, I, I know it varies, but like I, I think you get what I'm saying, which is to have context and and be compassionate. It has to change like on a dime with. Your kids, and and that that's something that really hit home when I was listening to this, which is, man, I need to be less critical about cleaning up the laundry or helping with dishes, and more like compassionate and encouraging yeah. to the things they are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. Yep. You ever feel useless or look at somebody like they are? I mean, Paul doesn't dodge the fact that Onesimus was useless like we were in sin before Jesus. But look at verse 18. But if he's wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to my account. Mm. Remember what I said about why it was important that Paul wrote this with his own hand? This was now legally binding and fully enforceable. He was taking Onesimus' debt upon himself. Talk about the heart of Jesus, who though we were formerly slaves to and of sin, who'd spent our lives robbing our master, running for our lives and continually hiding in the crowd, said if we just receive him, He'd take our debt upon himself, write our names in the Lamb's Book of Life, and guarantee us eternal life. Man, I just, I feel like that's everything when it comes to our faith. Like it's, that's everything. Everything else that's not that, everything else that's not our being, our debt being paid for or accounted for or, you know, I don't know, whatever, atoned by, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus, everything else is like extra. Like this is the big stone that, that, you know, and so like everything else doesn't even matter. I mean, it matters. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I just feel like these other things that we argue about or these other things that we differentiate about from one denomination to another or whatever, like that's just extra. And so I feel like a lot of churches, 
miss out on that teaching. Like that, that they're so caught up in like, I don't know, extraneous theology and churchiness that they, like, this is the thing. Like, this is the thing. Right. We're debt free. And the fact that, that that's possible, I, I feel like it gets lost on a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, when, when you break it down, it, it's kind of like the beginning of this podcast. Stay out of the way a little bit, let, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, let God do his thing. And in the end, let him cover it. Yeah. Let him take it. Um, I don't know. I, I, the, there, there are certain messages that I really go back and replay and re-listen mm-hmm. to. And, and I think this is one of them yeah. for me because with this series being, you know, the, the postcards, the, the short little chapters, I can't really even say I've ever heard of this book. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I can't say um, I've, I've ever gained anything from here until now. Yeah. And I feel like I'm getting quite a bit out of it. So it, it's one of those for me that it, it's a, a replay yeah. for sure. And we do that. I feel like we do that with the Bible. Like we just kind of take the Bible for granted. Like we'll just read it. Like if you just read this book, you'd be like, okay, yeah, there's this guy and Paul didn't like that he was something. And then, you know, like you would just like just blow past it. Right. And like it's just, it's rich. The Bible is rich, you know, with, uh, with lessons for us and with encouragement for us that we just kind of blow over. And I, that's one of the things I appreciate about Sean and his teaching is like, he finds that he finds the nuggets that are buried, you know, in otherwise dusty books, you know, and, and brings them out and say like, this is the thing. Like this is, you know, um, I don't, I don't know if I missed the soundbite where we talked about how like Paul, like, essentially butters Philemon up right. prior to like making the ask. Yeah. And so like, I don't feel like that's manipulation, but no, but I mean, we, we do that with our kids. Yes. We, <laughs> we do that with our, our spouse. Yes. It's here's the sugar. Here's the sugar. Yeah. Here's the sugar. Here's the bitter part. And then yeah. here's a bunch of sugar at the yeah. end. Yeah. It, I mean, it, that's how that letter was written. Yeah. It was, there's a bunch of good, you know, yeah. Um, oh, what some, my, my old manager, oh, no, I'm going to forget what it was, but it, it was one of those, like, you know, oh, this is not great for a podcast. No, it's okay. Um, I want it, more it, clues it, so I can guess. No, it was basically <laughs> like ma- making a birthday cake sandwich, you know, with like bologna mm. in the middle oh. where it's like super sweet, yeah. rich birthday cake, super exciting. Right. Something kind of like olive ugh. loaf, <laughs> olive, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, olive loaf yeah. in the middle where right. you're like, mm, what's yeah. this all about? Right. And then the end is, oh, birthday yeah. cake. No, I dig that. It's that's not how she, she said it, but yeah. I, olive loaf. That yeah. that's a, a great, yeah, great <laughs> twist on on, yeah. on on that. But that that's how this uh, letter was written. How you about know? this? Let me unload this on you. You can no. tell me if I'm being stupid. What if rather than just waiting for the time that we have to confront someone about something to be sugary and not saccharine, not fake sugar, but actual <laughs> sweetness, right? Like what if rather than waiting until we had to unload some bitter or some bad news, like what if we were just all the time sweet? What if we were all the time encouraging? What if we were all the time cheerleaders? And so like we wouldn't have to, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, you know, they wouldn't question our intention when we brought it, came up with the bitter thing. 
You know, you shaking your head. I don't know why. All, all the time, sweet. Is, is that what you're saying? Like, like maybe okay, not like 100 percent of the time, but like that's the natural state. Like, what if we were sweet naturally? What if we were just like this is like normal is sweet, normal is kind, normal is flattering, normal is encouraging, normal is complimentary. Yeah, I I feel like that's my wife. I yeah. I feel like that's how how Nancy is. Always life giving, always encouraging, always happy, always smiling, always. Yeah. But don't don't you also need the the opposite? I mean, I I guess you know when when I hear that, I I think of you know Nancy is the birthday cake. Yeah, you're the olive loaf. I'm the olive loaf, <laughs> man. <laughs> you know, and then Nancy comes in with the birthday cake at the end, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, in in my opinion, but again, it it all has to be. With context, and it all, all has to be truth. Yeah. You know, it, it can't just always be rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. Yeah, I don't mean to say that, right? I just, no. I, I, I feel like I'm working through this. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, keep, I, keep like going. I feel like- and maybe I misunderstood what, what you're saying, but it, you know. I don't mean to like have a journey to homeless right here in this podcast, but like if I think about my dad, right? Right. My dad was olive love, right? All the time. <laughs> All the time. He was the O-G-O-L. You know what I mean? Like the original gangster olive loaf, right? And so, like, I never knew him to be encouraging or, you know, cheerleadery or whatever. So, like, it was just always olive love. Yeah. And I just wonder, you know, because that's so opposite of me. I, I, I suspect in a lot of ways that in that way, Nancy and I are a lot alike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I so, mean, like, we're birthday cake. Right. And so I don't feel like I'm ever disingenuous. Like, it's never, I feel like when I think about Skittles and rainbows and unicorns, it almost feels like it's fake. And it's never, ever fake. But on the other side, if I'm olive loaf, I've, I feel like the sunshine and rainbows, is it really always <laughs> happy, happy, happy? Like, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, that. that's... That's sometimes the discussion we have in my house, which is, oh man, sometimes you need to drop the hammer a little bit. Yeah. But that that's that's where I come in. But but going going back to this letter though, I mean, encouragement, the ask, and then a little more encouragement. Yeah. I you know. Yeah, and I still, I mean, I feel like I still do that as a parent. You know, like there's still correction. I still. You right. Know, strategically raise my voice. Right. You know, and then can come back and say, listen, I didn't want to have to do that. But yeah. like, I don't think you were hearing me before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you you and Kate. Kate. Sunshine and Rainbow right here. Yes. Yeah. Olive and, love. And Kate, yeah, right. Yep. So there there's the the healthy balance. Yeah. Yeah. How do we find that balance in ourselves though? Like what if we don't always have <laughs> Brian and Kate to bring in the olive, right? right? Like what if, <laughs> or what if what if you guys don't have Nancy and Scott okay, to bring so, in the birthday so, cake? Yeah, so coming to the picnic, it's Brian always <laughs> with the, the olive loaf, and Nancy always with the birthday cake. Yeah, yeah. And room temperature olive loaf, probably like not even cold olive loaf. Right. Like yeah. No <laughs> room temp, sitting in the back yeah. of the car. Yeah. yeah, with Miracle Whip, not even real mayonnaise. Like, oh. I, yeah, I feel like that's what that. How, how do you find balance? I that's. What I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that's what this was about. Oh, 
Yeah. I thought this was the intervention of, of you, you <laughs> telling me how. Yeah, yeah. You know, why podcast. am I here? Am, am I going to get birthday cake? I, no, but it, it's it's about finding balance, and and you know, hopefully through the encouragement of whether it's a spouse or coworker or or somebody you you know go to church with, friends with, whatever. It's about hopefully learning and, and moving forward in some of that. Yeah. I, I mean, when I think about it personally, I feel like I can't always be birthday cake and unicorns and rainbows and Skittles. Like I can't always be that way. And for me, everything that I do, I feel like I do because I'm friends with you or I want to be friends with you or this is because we're friends or whatever, right? Yep. Like, I just, like it's because we have a relationship. Right. But like not everyone sees their life that way. Like I'm not friends with everyone that everyone's not friends with me that I think I'm friends with. Some people I'm just a coworker. Some people I'm just a vendor. Some people I'm just, you know, whatever, a customer. Yeah. I think we're friends. Right. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. And so like maybe so maybe like I need the dose. So like my, when I think about balance, like especially like, you know, stepping into some different areas of leadership, like there's sometimes where I, I can't be Skittles and birthday cake. You know, I, I got it like, hey, this is what's got to happen right now. And right. that feels olive loafy to me. <laughs> you know, it feels like, oh my gosh, gross, dude. Right. right? But right. like sometimes it just, that's what it takes. And so yeah. oh. I think there's some of us, Nancy and me and a bunch of other birthday cakes, Yeah, you know, <laughs> need to find balance where like, hey, but when it comes to this, like there's still things got to get done. And right. sometimes birthday cake and the friendship. Right. Like we can't be buddies and get this done. Like we have to get this done because actually that's your job to do that right now. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. where I would be like, why doesn't they just know that that's their job? Why wouldn't they not want to do that as a favor to me as their friend? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. right. And so sure. like, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. I, I'd still rather be a birthday cake than an olive loaf. Well. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No opinion from Brian. No, I'm yeah, cool I, with olive loaf, bro. Well, I, that, that was going to be my response. And then I realized that, that that's not really like. I'm I'm not really moving forward if I'm I'm happy settling in olive yeah. bluff. <laughs> it's it's I have to confess, like in fact you said it in the pre-show, you're like, I think this might be the longest conversation we're ever gonna have. It's this is probably the longest conversation we have had. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um We'll we'll see how this ends up, and then maybe we'll have more conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just it, it surprises me that you're all of love. It just like oh. I feel like when I when I talk with you or when I see you, but then I see you as a customer at the exchange or as like a friend in the lobby, you know, right. or whatever. Right. Like that's not a full picture. No, which is why earlier when I said being critical at home with my family, I need to realize and kind of step out of that. Is you know not not to say I'm two different people. But when I'm taking orders for coffee and and trying to make your experience and your day what you ultimately want it to be, I need to, like, live up to that. And when I'm at home or when I'm away from that, I feel like I can let my guard down a bit, which ultimately turns me into... What olive loaf? Yeah, yeah. When you're not concerned about customer <laughs> satisfaction, right? Like you're not concerned yeah. about customer satisfaction at home, like, right? Right. But shouldn't I done. be? I, I, think, I, I, think I feel like I maybe should. you should be. Yeah, I think I should yeah. be too. <laughs> that 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 again. This is why I'm saying, re-listening to this is, um, you know, it's funny. You can go through. I mean, we've talked about this a bunch, which is, you know, the whole Roman series. Yeah. Week, 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 week. Here's 
one book of the Bible. Right. Bang it out in 10 minutes. Yeah. And I feel like I'm getting so much content. Yeah. And and so much like reflection on something like this. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Okay. We're out of quotes. Sweet. Show's over. We're like 10 minutes early. Olive loaf. Olive Should loaf. we talk more about <laughs> about deli meats at festival? <laughs> Actually, we should. But like, I feel like that would be weird for our guests. Yeah. Well. Anyway, thanks for joining us today uh, for this podcast. Uh, we love that you listened. We hope that you would rate and review this podcast in any one of your favorite podcast platforms, or better yet, subscribe to the podcast. Then more and more people will be aware of it. Share it if you can on social media with your friends. There's a bunch of other podcasts from Life Church that are worth listening to, including the whole podcast. Cheery conversation, a pastor and a rabbi walk into a bar. There's just a bunch out there. And so if you're fun, like you're starting to groove on podcasts, let me encourage you to try out some of the other ones. In the meantime, Brian, thanks for being here today. I feel like uh, I had a lot of fun. I'm glad that you were here. Awesome. Thanks and for so, having me. Um, I hope you can come back. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'll bring olive loaf. Oh, that'd time. be delicious. <laughs> Gross. You bring the birthday cake. <laughs> yes. We'll put it in the middle. How disgusting. Yeah. Anyway, hey, thanks once again for joining us for this podcast. We'll talk to you again next time. Oh,